0: Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of the Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore high school sports. From the Friday Night Drive, I'm Michael Dwojak here with the Record North Shore founding member, Joe Coglin. We are into the spring season, and you know that we're in the spring season when everything gets canceled because of rain. Uh, it is an annual tradition unlike any other. See, mm-hmm. that people always talk about the Masters being a tradition unlike other, any others. Fourth being canceled because of rain or even snow sometimes is a tradition that I look forward to every spring. Joe, I don't know about you, but it's, uh, it warms my heart every spring uh, just to have stuff canceled and change plans dramatically in the last minute.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's wonderful, especially when you think it's going to happen. So you're sitting in a drizzle and it's 22 degrees. That's that's baseball,
0: right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least you get some, like you get the indoor sports, water polo and volleyball are great for that. Yeah. Um, some of the soccer's and lacrosse play on turf. So sometimes that's useful. But just the baseball and softballs you always feel bad for these this time of year when I mean what do you expect? You're playing baseball and softball in March in Illinois, like it's just not going to work out. But there's really no other solution to that problem. But sorry, right, let's get back on track here and get you all set up for the latest episode of the podcast. Just a quick reminder before you listen and uh Pay attention to what we are going to talk about in this week's episode. Subscribe to The Varsity Podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Make sure you give us a nice little review and spread the word while you're sitting under your umbrella at different sporting events. Always uh, good to uh, listen to the podcast while you're waiting for your event to take place or you're in a thunder delay or lightning delay. But um, we're going to do our usual four-quarter format for this week's episode. In the first quarter, we talk about a little bit of a scandal. Within the new Trier Boys Cross program, um, Joe uh, looked into some reports and uh, we'll get you all caught up on the latest when it comes to um, that story. In the second quarter, we're going to be joined by Brooks Barr, who committed to play at Michigan, uh, the University of Michigan. The Loyola defensive lineman is one of the best uh, players in the state, so we'll hear from him. In the third quarter, we play way or No We, our weekly guessing game. And then in the fourth quarter, we get you caught up on some sports that we're talking about, uh, boys volleyball, uh, boys volleyball, some track and field as well. So um, we'll have some stuff to talk about in the fourth quarter. But why don't we jump on in to this story that you uh, reported on, Joe, um, about the Nutri boys uh, lacrosse program. Um, Apparently, there was a digital video that surfaced that reportedly showed uh, Nutri high school. Uh, lacrosse players battering uh, one of their teammates. Um, the video was sent to the record by uh, two community members who are uh, requested to remain uh, anonymous. Um, the individuals in the video were identified as neutral lacrosse players by uh, five different record sources. So I uh, really looked into it and made sure that we were uh, um, identifying them correctly, um, including two classmates of the individual in the video. So, um, Joe, I know you haven't, uh, heard much from Nutrier this week with it being a uh, spring break, but, um, what's the latest on this situation? Um, and what do we know about what happened, um, in this video?
1: Um, you know, saying I haven't heard much
0: is kind of a, um, a light way to
1: put it for Nutrier's uh, side. I haven't heard anything. Um, they haven't returned one call, one email, one text, um, a lot of cell phones that, that we have over here. and. Um, haven't heard anything. Um, and as you can see from our reporting, um, we feel really solid about um, the confirmation we have that the video is authentic and it is um, new Trier lacrosse, current lacrosse players uh, beating up um, one of their teammates. Um, it's, it's a difficult video to watch. Um, and I'm sure I'm just a, I didn't participate I'm sure it's difficult for a lot of other people in a lot of myriad ways but um it it is I we don't what we don't know I'll tell you that Michael it, if it's if it's hazing if it's a one off if it's a altercation if it has anything to do with the lacrosse program it's cuz we got no answers from nutri so we we can't say anything Indefinite or definitely about those things. We do know that uh, the lacrosse season opener with Grays Lake was, uh, Grays Lake Central, I believe, was canceled. We know that they uh, did not go on their spring break trip, uh, confirmed by um, people with knowledge of the situation, as well as uh, those opposing teams on their schedules uh, marked canceled for those games. So they did not go to Ohio and play those teams like they usually do. Um, but we have not heard when they might play next, what the consequences are, if any, for the team, why there are consequences in the first place or things like that. And those are all questions we have for the administration, um, whether it's the coach, athletic director, superintendent, whoever is deemed to talk about it. We've we've tried it all and we've gotten no answers, but um, I believe there are a lot of questions still remaining about it. And um, um, we're going to continue to pursue it and see, you know, there's pretty concrete, Wording about bullying hazing um alcohol things like that, and alcohol may have played a part in this. It's difficult to see exactly, but there was a beer box involved that you can see, and there's a liquid poured on poured on, poured on one of the uh the victim of this um so um those are all in the code of conduct for for students participating in extracurricular, so we'll uh we'll see if those were violated. And if so, what's the punishment, if this is part of it. There's just a lot of unanswered questions, but we feel good about what we've we've reported so far.
0: But so what happens in the video? I mean, what is going on for the folks at home who haven't read the story or who don't know yet? I know you haven't released the video, but what happens in the video that um, has caused uh, people to be concerned about what is happening?
1: Yeah, and and we did not, published the video, that was a choice on our part. Um, We didn't believe it was in the best interest of the community, especially of the victim in this case. Um, And we also didn't know the ages of some of the perpetrators, um, alleged perpetrators um, of the incident either. So uh, we thought it was the best interest not to publicize the actual video. So just so you wanna know that and what our process is like, this was talked over between a lot of um, people on our side. Um, the founders of the company, things like that. So, anyway, um, the video shows <clears throat> it starts out, it's only about 10, 15 seconds. Um, there's a individual on all fours, surrounded by four that you can see um, people standing up, um, kind of talking at him. Um, like I said, one person says some, they, something like, I knight the you can't really hear it. Then he says, Nutria lacrosse. They pour some liquid all over the individual who's on the ground. Um, they hit him in the face or the head. One of the individuals hits the victim in the face or the head with a baseball bat, a plastic baseball bat, one of those blue ones that you see um, a kid's baseball, plastic baseball bat, uh, kind of in a thrusting motion, um, very violent um, to the face, neck area. Tough to see where it lands. And then when he's on the ground, And he rolls over, um, they kick him pretty furiously. Um, it's they're violent kicks, they're difficult to watch. It is it's violence on this video. Um, and um after I don't know, four or five kicks, um somebody says, Okay, he's had enough basically, and they looks like they just kind of walk away um as he's lying on the ground. So that's what the video shows. Um, and like I said, we we have it on pretty solid standing and sourcing that it was a neutral lacrosse players involved in it.
0: Well, is there um, any, uh, like, you know, just any investigation going on as of right now that we know, I know the school hasn't responded, but it has the local police department got involved at all or um, decided to look into uh, what the, you know, what the video was showing?
1: Yes, Um, but the case, as far as we know, at this point is closed, or at least it was on Monday when we heard from the police department, there was a report made to the Winneka Police Department. We don't know the full nature of it yet, Um, but uh, they said they received the report from an incident hazing slash battery, they called it on March 5th. They would not confirm if that incident was directly related to the video, if those were the same incident. We're waiting on a public records request Um, To police department takes uh, they're required to respond in five days, Um, so we hope we get that Friday or Monday, Um, whether it's a response with the full report or it's something saying we can't have it for a variety of reasons, um, we believe we have a right to it um, to explore that report we don't know who made the report, Um, we also don't know exactly if it's connected there that those two dots have not been connected but the information we have on both sides they are aligned.
0: I know you said that the school doesn't uh you know hasn't said anything has there been anything from the program that we've seen I know I read in your story that um the boys across Twitter account has been deactivated um and the Instagram page is still active last posted on March uh, 19th I mean Just do we know anything on that front? Just what um, I I know you don't want to assume and you don't want to make any assumptions as to what is going on or anything like that. But just based on looking around, I mean, what um, has been some of the changes you've seen um, ever since that this kind of came to light?
1: Yeah, you know, you mentioned it. We talked about it before, the canceled games and the Twitter deactivation. But we have not heard from anybody uh, with the program, at least officially, with the program now, uh, some of our background research um, and discussions has shown that um, um, they hope to be practicing soon, but I don't. That's not confirmed, and, and we don't have much. And when their next game could be or would be, we just haven't heard anything. And I think these are important questions that the community deserves the answers to, um, not just for the purpose of the lacrosse team and the lacrosse fans, of course, but the community deserves to know. It, you know, what is, what was the nature of this incident? How did the school react? You know, they're, they're given a big responsibility, which I know they take seriously of creating a safe environment um, for every single individual to be educated in um, and that education extends to athletics. So uh, what are they doing to um, make sure that every student feels safe and can feel safe in all of their extracurriculars, including across? So these are questions they need to answer. Um, whether it's to me in a public forum, um, in, it, in an email to whatever it is that the community deserves the answers to those questions. I do not know exactly what is going on with the lacrosse program, though.
0: So what what happens next? I mean, what do you think you what do you think uh, should be the next steps or what do, does the community kind of need to know? Which is is it basically just what happened and what has a response been? I mean, just what are the next steps here? Um, just trying to figure out what happened and what pro what what are the next steps that the schools might have to take and the program might have to take as well. I think that, you know, from our end,
1: um, from the records perspective, we're still looking into multiple channels and angles and, and information we've heard both on and off the record. Um uh, the police report is certainly part of that puzzle, as well as uh possibly some other um. More information on that incident, but nothing is concrete from our perspective, so we will keep pursuing that the Community should know that but. um, From the school's perspective it's just the next steps are you know, will they answer these questions that, in our opinion, need answering and uh, we do not know at this point if the Community I mean this story has been. has made its rounds Um, it's gotten a lot of people have read the story, so um, I don't know if the Community is putting that pressure on the district or not. Um, If they want to or not, of course, that's completely up to them. Of course, uh, what's the best interest of their families? But um, I I think we'll we'll keep asking the district until um, they give, you know, we get an answer to to distribute to the community, or uh, they keep saying no over and over.
0: All right. Well, you can make sure to read up on Joe's story and uh, look into the situation at the Make sure you subscribe and. Um, read the investigation and the story there, and make sure you're keeping up with Joe at the Record North Shore to get the latest updates on what is happening. Um, obviously, a developing situation, so um, he'll keep you posted with the latest information, especially as soon as the police report and Nutrier gets back with a response. But while we move on over now to the second quarter, where we are joined by Loyola Academy football player Brooks Barr. He, like we talked about in last week's episode, committed to play for the University of Michigan, one of the top uh, players, prospects in the state of Illinois in the class of 2023. Joe, I know you got a chance to catch up with Brooks. What are the folks at home going to hear?
1: Yeah, I talked with Coach Halsek and Coach Brooks, so we have that story on our site. But just Brooks is pumped to uh, go to Michigan. He verbally committed. I think it'll be official sometimes next year when he's a senior. But there's a... He's pumped. I mean, that's a college football playoff team, one of the final four this year. Um, he seemed like once he had that offer in tow um, and, he, and he narrowed it down to his finalists, that was the one that really stood out to him. And, and he went ahead and agreed to the offer. So um, we're going to talk about that and what he needs to do to prepare for that next level of football. All right. Let's take a listen. Is it cool if you if I, uh, record this? Yeah, for sure. OK, well, first, congrats, man. How does it feel? Amazing! It's, uh, it's a lot of wind lifted off my shoulders. Uh, yeah, I just feel great about it. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. And you had some offers come in, you know, uh, a lot of Big Ten, but you know, big schools all over. And Cincinnati was another, uh, you know, uh, football playoff team. Why Michigan?
2: I just feel like I really connected with the coaching staff. That everything I wanted in a school, big football. They had what I wanted to study. I wanted to study either sports management or something business related. So they had that, and their facilities were amazing. And the coaching staff just really made me feel at home. And I thought Ann Arbor was a really cool place. So that's why I really liked Michigan. Yeah.
1: Oh, and what was the what was the process like for you? Because it seems for it, it seems like, and you can tell me, it, it, it comes pretty fast and furious once you get a couple offers.
2: Yes, it does. So I think, once I got Michigan, everything kind of started to roll in. So that was like my big offer, then everything rolled in. So I'd say after that, everything started to get crazy, and I just started taking the visits to where I was more serious about, I would say. I'd say after Michigan, everything started to get crazy with the offers and more people trying to contact me.
1: I mean, how'd that feel knowing they were all, you know, everyone's after you and everyone's pitching you?
2: It felt, it felt pretty great. It was kind of overwhelming just getting all these texts and and all these people trying to contact you. But it was it was a really cool feeling, you know, to just know that the work you're putting in is is um, being seen and you're getting the results of what you wanted from the work you're putting in. So, yeah, it felt great, 100%. Nice.
1: Okay. Um, and did you did you have it narrowed down to uh, a couple schools that you, that you might want to share that it was between at the end?
2: So I'd say, but at the end, it was probably between Michigan, Duke, and Illinois. I would say it was between those three, and it was I was actually supposed to visit Duke the weekend after Michigan, but. I just fell in love with Michigan, so I was, so I thought there's no need to waste anyone's time and waste the coaching staff's time, my parents' time, even if I had my mindset. So right. yeah, after after visiting Michigan, I was 100% in and, and wanted to be part of Michigan's football team.
1: It pains me that you said Illinois. I'm, a, I'm an Illinois guy, but that's, that's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what do you think... Um, you know, and this 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 causes you to be maybe maybe a little less humble than you are. But uh, what do you think attracted you or attracted these colleges to your game? Um,
2: I think just the style of play I have. I feel like I play very aggressively, and I feel like my my drive for the game and my motor like I always put I always try to put a high level of energy and just basically work my butt off and put my whole effort into the game so i would say that like my passion and and how i work and definitely my like aggressiveness off the ball controlling the line of scrimmage
1: and your brother does he go to penn is that right
2: Yes, he's a he's an offensive tackle at Penn. So sometimes we we do some one on ones and we work together. So it's very it's very nice to have him in the house just to like ask him some questions about like the opposite side of the ball. So when I'm rushing on this edge and I get this look, what should I do? So it's just nice having that outlet.
1: You think that's that's helped you along the way? His kind of experience on the, the O line.
2: One hundred percent. Sometimes I have him watch my film and he kind of helps me. And yeah, it's just nice being able to ask him questions about pass rush and my technique and what he likes looks for, so I could kinda use that as when I'm going up against another offensive lineman. So yeah, it's nice for sure.
1: Um, did he try to did he try to coax you out to the east coast at all? Um <laughs> <not> really, no.
2: <laughs> no, not really.
1: Okay. Um <laughs> So you mentioned a weight off your shoulders. I was going to ask you how how kind of a commitment like this affects your senior year. Uh, What does that do for you?
2: Um, I'd say it kind of opens my eyes to like uh, doing an early enrollment to Michigan. So I've I've been thinking about that, talking to my parents if we want to do that. So also I just think it's a. It's nice just to focus on what's ahead, like on winning a state championship rather than dealing with recruiting. So I think it's nice just to have all my priorities set so I could just play football without worrying about all the stuff like calling coaches and recruiting. So, yeah, I could focus out on what the task ahead is. So that's that's nice
1: okay and uh, tell me a little about that for, for the team aspect for the ramblers what uh, you guys always have a goal of a state championship cause it seems like you we do did. again what uh, yeah. what's this team gonna be like on the field next year
2: I think the team's gonna be coming out for revenge because we lost in the semifinals and we're gonna we're gonna have a chip on our shoulder and wanna avenge for the seniors and uh, you know, they left with a pretty crappy feeling. So we're gonna we're gonna give it it all, give it our all, and try to try to get revenge for them, for sure, and make a state championship all for them. And I think, yeah, we're gonna come out aggressive and put it all on the line.
1: Okay, um, your game specifically, um, what do you have to do to be be ready to play on the, the college level? Obviously. Big Ten football, bigger, stronger, faster. What do you got to do to be ready for that?
2: For sure. Just uh, living in the weight room, getting faster, stronger, getting my body right. So being able to be more flexible. I'm going to take stretching more seriously. Um, Just preparing my body for all that. Getting fast, working on my agility. And yeah, I'd say that. Just living in the weight room, getting stronger.
1: Yeah. Okay, and I did talk to Coach um, last week a little bit about you and, you know, um, all good things, but he said just for the college game you might want to work on your repertoire and uh, as a rusher. Uh, uh-huh. any, anything you want to do, is that something you want to do to kind of diversify your moves and things like that?
2: I am, yes. Yeah. So I've been working with uh, Kerry Neal at win performance, just working on my pass rush technique and my moves and just being able to have a bag of moves that I could use as either a primary or, or a secondary rush, like a counter rush. I've, yeah, I've been working on what I have in my, in my tool bag for
0: sure. Thanks so much for joining us, Brooks. And thank you, as always, to all the players and coaches who join us each and every week. Always do appreciate everybody's insight. All right, let's jump on over now to the third quarter where we play our weekly game of Way or No Way. That's when I give out five propositions and Joe and I argue whether something can happen, way or no way, it cannot happen. All right, let's start things off with the Loyola Academy girls uh, soccer team who has started the season 2-2 two, two, and 1. Way or no way, Joe, that we should be concerned about the Ramblers early in the season?
1: They've played really good competition so far. I think the Evanston loss was 3-2 to two and in the final minute of the game. Um, Evanston also ousted them from the playoffs last season. So it's a nice little rivalry we have here. Um, and we obviously know the Nutriere Evanston rivalry. So it's kind of a a trivalry. I just created that. That's a good word. Um, between Evanston, Nutriere and Loyola, just three really talented programs that go at it. Um, good soccer. So, um, in this weather, I don't know if you can fault them too much for that. Uh, I say that because I think weather can play a bit of a factor and, 102 Lane, who's a good team, but I think they, they, they probably believe they're better than Lane. I haven't seen Lane this year. Um, but are they a top five team in the state? I don't know. I think Loyola thinks they might be. So I think there's cause for concern um, a little bit. I don't think they, uh, they believe they, they should lose any game. Um, so um, yeah, not, not exactly. I expected probably a 3 0 and one 2 start, something like that. Maybe a couple of ties because of the cold weather. Losses are a bit uh surprising.
0: Yeah, I'll go with um I'll go with a uh, way on this one. Um to get it right, they are three, two, and one, not two, two and one. Um but I, I agree with you. I think the Evanston loss is uh not a good loss, but kind of what you expect in a tight game, um, especially early in the season against a sectional opponent, um, late in tech, maybe not a good loss. Um tying with Whitney Young, I'm sure the Ramblers probably would have wanted to um uh, win that game even if it was on the road. But um I don't know. It's always interesting to see what how much you really take in um from the early part of the season. So um I think I'll so I'll go a light way on this one um just because I feel like we haven't seen this a lot from the Ramblers recently. So um I'll go way on this one, but um they can easily prove us wrong and uh, change things up in the next couple of weeks. Um Let's move on over now to Nutria uh, Girls Soccer. Joe, I know you got a chance to catch up with them. Um, Way or no way that their inexperience um, hurts them at the beginning portion of the season? I think way. Um, I think it's going to, it takes time. Um, They're integrating a lot
1: of new talent. Uh, But as we know from Nutria and this area, it's rich in talent. So uh, I think once those players become acclimated both to varsity soccer and to their teammates who have been playing varsity soccer, uh, they'll be fluid and it'll be fine. Um, and they'll be right there at the end of the season. And we'll be talking about if they can take home a sectional, but. Um, I think right now they're going to have their bumps because they're trying to figure out exactly who they are and, and who exactly are their key players and where will those key players contribute the best, putting them in the best situations. But, you know, coach Burnside and his staff have proven they can do that throughout a season. We'll just, we're probably going to go through a bit of a, bumpy road. And that's a bumpy road for new Trier, by the way. Not really bumpy for a lot of folks, but uh, might see some ties here. We've already seen one uh with the Warren and um uh, maybe even a loss or two. So um I'll say way. I think that it might be challenging.
0: Yeah, I think I'll go with Way as well. Like you mentioned in your story and you said uh um not really starting a lot of seniors, just a, a few seniors, a few juniors, a few sophomores and a couple of freshmen. So um I think at the beginning of the season it might hurt them a little bit. Um, They've done well so far, but um, I do think that against a tougher competition that uh, New Trier always has in its non-conference portion of the year, um, I do think that it might hurt them. Um, Whether that makes a difference later on in the year, I don't know. I don't think it probably will, but at least for the beginning of portion of the year, um, I think it might hurt them win a couple games and maybe that eventually gives them a lower seed that they can take advantage in the postseason. All right, Loyola boys volleyball is off to a six and one start. Way or no way, Joe, that you are surprised by their hot start?
1: No, they're always good. Um, they did lose um, some big players. I can't think of. Uh, they had a, a really good guy last year, right? But anyway, um, but they got a couple back. They got a you know their setter who also attacks, who also passes, is going to Basser, I believe, to play college ball. Casey McMenamin. Um, um, He's very good. Uh, they're they're going to be fine. They're short this year, though. Usually you see Loyola, you know, you got a couple six, seven guys, maybe six, five, six, six, you know, especially in the middle. And then um, they've known to they have a couple stars outside, too. Not this year. I think they top out at six, four. So might be a struggle for them on the block. They, but, you know, got to ramp it up with the athleticism. Um, to make up that slack, I think they can. So I wouldn't say I'm surprised. I think they're going to be good. I'm going to check them out tonight. It's Wednesday, by the way, listeners. Uh, against Evanston, decent team, so it should be uh, fun. We'll see what they're
0: coming out with. Um, I think I will go with. Mm, I'll go with Norway. Um, I, I think that this Loyola program is Coach, Coach Ebling has really built it up to a level where um, it's successful every single year. I agree with you. Um, just based at look at and no other knowledge other than just looking at a photograph of the team it looks smaller so <laughs> and not so automatically I thought that means that they're worse because you know just, they just have a smaller team and I um, just deduced that with my great volleyball um, expertise and experience but um, no not really surprised by their hot start they have a good program they have good coaches so um, should not uh, be that surprising that they are able to uh, get off to a good start. It'll really depend on how they're able to finish and move forward as uh, things get going here. All right, the Loyola girls track and field team had some good performances with the relay championship and a second place finish at the indoor state uh, meet. Way or no way that the Loyola Academy girls track and field team can turn indoor success during the outdoor season?
1: I think so. I think that's uh, that's a powerful um track team um i'm not sure what they're bringing on the field to kind of match that for the outdoor season but i know um on the track side there they got they got a nice group of runners um distance and mid um so it should be pretty good for for the loyal ramblers uh they should you know pack a bus to go downstate so um i think
0: yeah i think they'll be good yeah i think i'll agree with way i think for um a lot of track and field programs the Indoor season's kind of like a warm-up time, um, kind of a preseason, and to see Loyola have that kind of success in indoor season is encouraging, um, and I think they'll be able to transfer that over, so uh, definitely going with way on that one. All right, final way or no way, Joe, way or no way that the new Trier track and field team, uh, boys team, can excel this spring during the outdoor season? I think so, you know. (laughs)
1: That's where I saw I me. Mean, we were talking before the podcast about how I saw a tweet from the track and field team. They tweeted at us after a high school highlights. We do a weekly roundup of all the sports highlights. Like, hey, what about us? So uh, I think they're proud of what they bring to the table. And uh, I kind of um, I, I go where I find the results. I wasn't able to find theirs, but I uh, I have found their since, And they're they're going to be good. They've got Nick Falk and George Cahill on the distance. Um, they've got other runners like Jack Brewer in the mid and, um, they got some guys in the field too. I think this is going to be a very good team. I think, um, uh, usually if you look at Nutri or track, the girls kind of carry it a little bit. The girls usually have a very good program, but I think the boys are going to have a uh, do some, do some damages here too.
0: Um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be lame with you and I'll agree. Uh, <laughs> or I'll agree with you, I guess. That's the lame part um, and saying that a new church should have a really good spring uh, outdoor season. Um, A lot of good stuff looking forward to after the indoor portion of the year, but um, those distance runners are always able to uh, compete well, um, and I'm sure they'll have some uh, field events um, that'll work as well. So um, I'll agree with you and go with way that they'll have success in the outdoor season if they're ever able to run in this rain. Um, All right, let's move on over now to the fourth quarter where we pick up on some of our, um, out, our uh, spring sports that were kind of uh, happening right now. and kind of excited to see Joe mentioned that he'll be um, out to check out some volleyball action on Wednesday night. So why don't we pick up there? We talked about um, new, the Loyola Academy boys uh, volleyball team heading off to a six and one start. Um, why don't we talk about uh, Nutria and what they've been able to do? Um, I know that we've gotten a few scores in there and, um, kind of hard to tell when you don't know, ex- haven't seen them exactly um, in person. But what can we expect from this new cheer team, Joe, and just what they can accomplish this year?
1: Yeah, and they're taking the spring break off, as far as I can tell. I, you don't know, know they're, uh, they don't have any scheduled games for this week, so I haven't been able to catch up with them. But uh, I think they're going to be very good. Um, they've got um, a nice, a nice team. They got some returners here um and i think they're just going to be you know nutrier volleyball it's kind of just like one of those nutrier programs that reloads um they got some guys that are just going to kind of keep or they got the coaching and everything that's going to kind of keep pumping out quality um quality uh teams and and they're going to rack up the wins and things like that so they're also not tall um nutrier we expect very tall we have a a six eight sophomore um, and D- and David Wolf, um, but other than that, um, you know they top out at about six four. So, a lot of guys at that six four six five range. Um, I think the middle blocker Nick Ricasius, uh, he's going to be impressive. Nathan Zolotto, um, uh, their other middles, I think their middles are going to be really good. Going to be tough to get around. And they got an experienced setter and Stefan uh, Jaya, I believe it's pronounced. Uh, it starts G J. So I always screw that, but I believe it's Jaya, um, and he's. He's an experienced guy, and I believe he had a brother that came to the program too. So um, I think they're going to be just fine. Um, and uh, the rankings by um, I think there's a there's a prep volleyball, I think it's Illinois Volleyball Insider maybe, uh, puts them in the top ten. And I think that's where they will. And we'll see if they can rise up.
0: Jumping back to this Loyola team, um, just what do you think this team can accomplish? Obviously, the CCEL um, always strong and competitive, but um, what do you think that this Loyola team can do? Um, I know you'll get a better chance at, you know, seeing what they're able to do tonight, but, um, what are kind of the expectations for what, uh, the program is expecting to do?
1: Yeah, I think they expect to, you know, and they do, they do rack up the wins in that conference because while that conference sometimes has other good top programs, like it's pretty top heavy. Um, the Catholic league for boys volleyball. Um, so they pick up a lot of wins and they pick the loyal Volleyball plays a lot of tournaments too. I think they've already played two. Um, so they get their wins in that they finished third and the burn in Hills one, I believe with a tough loss to Sandberg. Um, so um, I think they're going to rack up the wins. I think we're looking at a 25 plus win team this year. And uh, we'll see if they're a top 10 or a top 15 program that'll kind of determine if, if they can compete with the new Triers and the, the Glenbrook Souths, uh, th- who has a good team this year, um, this season or not. But uh, when you got a guy like uh, Casey McMenamin being, um, I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that last name right, by the way, so sorry. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: guy like that who can play all over the floor and kind of leads by example with kind of just skill at multiple levels of the court. Uh, it it tends you tend to follow his lead and you're able to kind of you play up to his ability so hopefully he'll lead by that and and they'll have a very skilled team
0: so is new cheer the bet when we're talking about sectionals and all that kind of stuff I mean is new cheer the best team in the area or or is someone else going to be competing with them when it comes time for a sectional crown you know I'm going
1: off um those those Illinois prep rankings um and I I, I think Nutrier and GBS are right up there at the top and Loyola might be a peg behind, but, but, you know, I haven't seen them all. So we'll see. I think I get a good feel for if a team's a leader, um, just a very good team. There's kind of a, you can kind of tell a difference there. I believe in the volleyball court, but I've also been wrong. So, um, but I do believe Nutria might be a step above right now.
0: All right. And let's move on over to um, track and field. We kind of talked about that in the third quarter. At the state indoor meet, Emmy Christopher for the Loyola Academy girls track and field team uh, finished second in the 60-meter dash. Um, and the 4x400 four um, team of, uh, for the Ramblers um, actually won uh, the state title at uh, 4 minutes, 13 seconds, and, uh, or 13.84 uh, seconds. I wasn't trying to get into milliseconds or anything like that, <laughs> Um, some strong, uh, finishes for the Ramblers, um, in this meet, um, we talked about a little bit earlier, um, and Nutrier, um, had some strong performances as well. Um, the indoor, the indoor season is always so interesting because you don't know how much you can take from it and what great proclamations you can make, but Joe, you figure getting off to a good start like this is exactly what the Ramblers wanted to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, and it's, it's, it is like a preseason, the indoor. Um, so, you know, you want to, you want obviously win, but you also want to see what you got and, and get your lineup straight, or at least have a good idea of what you're going to put out there um, when you start getting into the big meets um, coming up during the season. So um, I think Loyal is figuring some things out and they seem pretty, uh, pretty lethal in a few events.
0: Who uh, We were talking about this a little bit earlier and some names you didn't see. Who are you still excited to see what they're able to do um, this spring um, when it comes time to, especially chant conference time, uh, sectional time, and state time?
1: In track, just in general?
0: Yeah. Um, well, I didn't see at top
1: times uh, Nick Falk and George Cahill, who are Nutriere's top distance runners and two of the tops in the state. Um, Nick Fock won the Gatorade Runner of the Year. Uh, for the cross country season, so uh, those two are going to score if they run cross country. I don't, or if they run track and field. I'm not sure why they wouldn't, but um, you know, there's three events. Well, they'll score you points: 1600, 3200, and the 4x8 relay. So um, I didn't see them in a, Illinois top times. Maybe they're at another event. Um, I also on the girl side. And I didn't uh, click through every event, but uh, that you know, Abby Ryan's back. Um, she's a multi-event star runner uh, and I believe that some of the jumps um, they have a thrower I believe Maeve Kelly um, who, who's going to score for you and as a state qualifier so just some names and nutrier that you're going to see come up this later this spring absolutely
0: all right it should be a lot of fun to see what they're able to do as we progress here in the spring season hopefully we can uh, make things uh, work and uh, get some better weather hopefully we're getting it all out of the way in March and uh, things can settle down in April, but it should be a lot of fun. So, thanks as always for listening to the Varsity Podcast. Just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure you check us out on Apple, uh Spotify, Android, wherever you listen to podcasts. Spread the word. If we're not where you listen to your podcast, then let us know and we can add that up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we always appreciate everybody's feedback and kind words. Uh, make sure you're checking out my stuff. At uh, Friday Night Drive and Shaw Media, we got some good stuff coming up um, on some commitments and a fun profile this upcoming week um, about one of the top uh, players, uh, recruits in the state. So make sure you're checking us out there and check out all of Joe's work at the Northshore.org, especially when it comes to the new um, lacrosse uh, situation that's happening. Make sure you're checking up with him and support his work to get all the latest information on an important story. So. For Joe and I, thanks so much for joining us this week, and we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya.
1: Thank you for listening to the Varsity, uh, product of the record Northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.